84 of Not Politically Correct. Sorry for the wait. What is going down, everybody? It's the homie TS, a.k.a. C-Nova. You know I gotcha. A.k.a. Hank Hook, a.k.a. Mexican Raiden, a.k.a. E-T-E. And you can find me on Twitter at C-Nova K-E-Z. Oh, I forgot Quentin Quarantino, and I should probably come with the A.K. for Houston, because that's where the fuck I'm at nowadays. Let's <laughs> not say we did. Well, okay. Let's <laughs> not say we didn't. We're in the 60s and 70s over here right now, boy. What, what y'all what y'all doing over there in Milwaukee? Y'all niggas ghetto. I got, like, <laughs> y'all niggas ghetto. <laughs> like he just wasn't here like right. two weeks ago. <laughs> y'all niggas ghetto. <laughs> you forgot everything. Damn, damn listen, cold. Listen, you have Milwaukee me, bro. Crooners, bro. <laughs> wait, 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 like being cold ghetto, damn. That's First week back from moving, and he's like, I, I never was from Milwaukee. What are you talking about? I was born and raised in Houston. That's like a half Negro. Oh. Mm. You ask for some hot weather. Right. That's, he said, that's ghetto. Hell no, nah, man. That's wild. Oh, shit. T.S. was like, wait, y'all really put cheese on everything? <laughs> and beer? Right. What is that? Man. Well, it is your boy, Real McCoy, a.k.a. Mr. What It Do, a.k.a. Young Splash God, a.k.a. No Cap Charlie, a.k.a. Smooth Job Johnny, a.k.a. Uh, fuck, oh, who Mike. am I, man? Uh, I feel Mike Holloway Jones, bitch, Mike, yeah, yeah, exactly. ringtone, Y'all know. <laughs> Y'all know. It's been, it's been so long. Hit ass. Um, you can find me at Real McCoy KPZ for Twitter, uh, and you can also find me at uh, on Snapchat at Real McCoy Rebel. Cody. Mm, it's Cody. CD recording everything. That's some five cups of coffee. That you had to do. That's uh what's her face? Fergie doing the national anthem. It's jazz, they don't understand. It's jazz terrible. You were saying jazz for hitting every raw note. Oh, this jazz terrible. <laughs> Russ, the barman, aka Teddy Russ, aka Smooth Figures, aka Kid Universal, aka School Wars Q, aka the Progenitor, aka Russ the Bus. <laughs> Sorry, that was really good. Time. Bus dropped. <laughs> And there's a damaged banjo somewhere. Okay. <laughs> he lit that motherfucker on fire like Jimmy. <laughs> my my G string broke. Uh, you can find me on the chattiest of snaps as chattiest snap chattiest, mm-hmm. and on IG at canicupidity c a n d i d underscore c u p i d i t y. I d i t y. I d i t y. Like my neighbors hate me. <laughs> <laughs> I get knocked down, but I get up again. Ice cream. Kudos to whoever looks up uh, Russ for all that stuff. So spells out candid cupidity, I D I T Y, and everything else that we just sung out. K U D O S. And speaking of speaking of things that you guys can look up. You guys can also uh, look up our Facebook Astronomy. group. Astronomy. Not- <laughs> Orion's Belt. Find us there. Uh, you can right. also look up our Facebook group at Not Politically Correct Podcast on <clears throat> on Facebook again. But you can also like the Facebook page at NBC Podcast because I know those numbers do something. 
You can find us on Twitter at Not PC Podcast. You okay? Um, we're anti-Semitic, right. apparently. Um, we <laughs> oh, did TS put some on the decks? What did it say? All the it. things, all the teleprompter. He said, Jew your prompters. Jew book, <laughs> book full of Jews. So, a <laughs> photography book of Auschwitz, or I guess. Um, oh my god. Anywho, you can find us at anything you can read. Jew book, walk into a bar. Uh, Jew book. Um, you can find us at any place you can listen to things at, which includes SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, the podcast app, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Play. Um, not title apparently still, but one day soon, Jay Z. <laughs> Um, but you can find us at all those places. Just search "Not Politically Correct Podcast," um, and you we will come up. And you can, you know, like us, um, leave a comment, a message, or or you know, chat with us. Like tell us how great we are or how shitty we are. Either way, you know, say something to us. You know what I mean? Because it's good for numbers, and you know, people pay attention to that. And sidebar: Maybe we should get an Instagram, but hey, who cares, man? Hmm. Wait, is this the guy that's never on Instagram? Hold on. Right. Okay, I think we're good. Sorry, y'all. Y'all sound started coming in really low. We just say that every time we start pointing out your flaws. I, what? <laughs> I'm just. Well, you're like we should get on Instagram, and but you're never on Instagram. You're like fucking Instagram. Oh no, you guys probably do Instagram, Cody. You're the young one with the old man beard. I don't. Right, so it's like what? <laughs> <laughs> right, so, so you proved my point. Okay. Um, I just found out that FWB means friends with benefits. I don't think I'm that young. <laughs> oh, I thought that was a uh, TV channel. FWB. No, that's TBS. Okay, got it. Um, the Big Show. <laughs> and, <it's this laughs> and now it's time for Spigot, Ricky, Spigot, Ricky, Ricky. You know what's funny? He does that for sports and nothing for music. That's hilarious. (laughs) No, the the there there's each uh like an intro segment, and I feel like for music it's just me trying to come up with a good transition and then McCoy being like, no, fuck that, I got a better transition. Okay. So at the end of sports when we go into music, we're like da 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 music. <laughs> like a, like it's a news broadcast starting. <laughs> um, so yeah, since we've um, been away from her so long, and I didn't put my notes collectively down like that one time that TS read them, and that was hilarious. By the way, let's do that again sometime. Um, mm-hmm. It's gonna be kind of random. So. Larry Fitzgerald joins Jerry Rice as the only player in NFL history with over 1,400 career receptions. That is awesome. Okay, okay. That's nice. Larry Fitzgerald, he plays for Cardinals? Arizona Cardinals, yeah. No, okay, that's what I thought. He's awesome. I love him. He's He, like, just graduated college. Uh, University of Phoenix, few, right? Yeah, a few years ago. Um, he's a smart man. He's a good guy. He does a lot with the community and for kids and stuff like that. Um, you said for kittens, kids, children. Oh, kids. 
goats. No, I was like, you know, because you know a lot kidneys. of people do things for um, like pets and uh, animal shelters and stuff like oh, that. Oh, kittens! Um, I thought you said kidneys. I'm like, yeah, and livers too, and livers, pancreases. He's out there for those organs. Uh, I see the organs. The Lakers, obviously, when they won their 17th NBA title, uh, the L.A. Dodgers won their seventh World Series. Mm. Um, Conspiracy theory, 17 plus 7 equals 24 titles. Kobe, um, (laughs) something, something, 9-11. Yeah. Um, Magic Johnson said, uh, I know God is so good because now I have a World Series ring, 10 Lakers NBA championship rings, five as a player, five as an owner. And a WNBA championship ring as owner of the LA Sparks, so he's got like all the LA titles he, he covered. Run, <laughs> he run New York or LA, <laughs> New LA, he run New Los Angeles. Angeles. <laughs> all right, what's next? What's next? Oh, uh, November twenty eighth, Mike Tyson and Roy Jones. Um, man, that's. Do you guys seen Tyson? Yeah, I mean, it's so funny. It's going to be a spar. I feel like it's, it's going to be a light. Either yeah, spar because... or murder. <laughs> well, is it still a thing that Tyson can't, or not just Tyson, they yeah. can't knock each other out? That's the thing. I like how you yeah, just... it's a thing that Tyson can't knock each other out. <laughs> right. I like that. It's just assume, like a thing that Tyson can't, I mean, because the other man might knock Tyson. No, 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 no. Right. So Tyson can't knock him out? Like, <laughs> no it's like, let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> and how are they going to hold back? So I it's, mean, no shots, right? I think it was they, supposed to be like yet they got to be six feet apart. Like, um, it's supposed to be like almost like uh, what's what's it, like a charity event type main event mm. um, to where that they're kind of going through the motions, but not actually trying to really hurt each other. As far as what I've heard, um, because the the actual event is full of like full fights. Um, it's just that fight is like. Um, Mm. Like oh the yeah, show fight. Like, there's like the main event, and then there's like seven fights leading up to it that are smaller kind of thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. So well, it's the normal pay per view event where there's a bunch of bouts beforehand, right. and then there's the main event. I'm yeah. Like, what's that sounds... about? I mean, it's about money. Um, honestly, uh, that's a money but fight. The though. thing is, I think the clause was put in there for Roy because um, from his training and from his condition, he, he wasn't looking all that great. So it's so it's, Tyson doesn't kill him. <laughs> it's definitely put in there for Roy, and I, you know what? I didn't even see that um, that piece until I started seeing um, pictures and videos of Tyson versus uh, videos of Roy. And anytime mm-hmm. you see Tyson, it's like, damn, did he ever not stop boxing? Like this <laughs> man has really. been going, doing his thing. He retired and, and fought a tiger. <laughs> but it's, it's funny because, like, um, even before the whole training video. You see him out like showing real boxers how to actually box, yeah. like EMGs mm-hmm. and um, yeah. like them dad shoes. Going like, no, you got to treat body. <laughs> and the moves he's doing is so quick that the, the, the actual fighters who've been fighting for, um, who are currently fighting, are like, yo, like I wouldn't want to get in the ring with this cat right now. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So, and then we over see over fifty, still quick and powerful. Like, man. someone, someone said, like, like would you take a? Someone said, we would see you Roy. He's trying to cook stuff on his George Foreman grill. Like, yeah, this is how I live. <laughs> this is how I smoke, niggas. Niggas. <laughs> Wait. Is Cameroon? Cannibalism? Is there a comma in there? Maybe. I don't know. 
comment. Maybe like, he's going to bite Tyson this time. I don't know. There's no. Maybe that <laughs> was. Vander Holyfield. Stick a note. <laughs> All right. Well, um, it's Mike uh, Tomlin, the head coach for the Steelers, won his 140th regular season game, which broke a tie with Tony Dungy for the most wins by a black uh, head coach in NFL history. Oh, really? Yeah, well, uh, I just read it, so yeah, really. <laughs> it was on the interweb. Right, it was on the internet, so you got to be real. That's that. Well, that's cool. That's that's nice. That's nice. Here's a crazy so fact: is that people keep telling me I look like him. <laughs> Wait, really? <laughs> yeah, funny. like no. When I when I used to go out um, to like bars and stuff like that, I come out. They're like, my diamond. I'm like, listen. <laughs> and you're like, shut <laughs> up. Say it up. Say it again. Say it again. I'm gonna hit you in your shit. <laughs> oh, what we all look the same. Right. All right, so here's a cool or interesting fucked up fact. I don't know. Russell Wilson says that he wants to play till he's 45 and trains roughly 363 days a year. He takes off Christmas and Thanksgiving. Um, he says he spends $1 million annually on his body with a full-time performance team. He has two hyperbaric chambers. I don't think that's the same thing that Vegeta trained in. I was going to ask. Um, a full-time <laughs> trainer, physical therapist, and two chefs. I'm like, you got two one chefs. stomach. Why do you need two chefs? <laughs> <laughs> two chefs. <laughs> Teriyaki boy. Damn. I mean, titty boy. Um... WWE News, uh, producers of The Last Dance are working on a Stone Cold Steve Austin documentary. Ooh. Can I get a hell yeah? Hell yeah. That's what? awesome. What? Hell what? yeah. What? 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 Documentary? What? I don't watch a lot of documentaries, but I feel like that one would be really entertaining. Mm-hmm. It would. I'd be excited to see that. Um, Gosh, bottom line. All right. Yo, Russell, you beat fucking... Damn it. <laughs> that was my line. <laughs> God damn it, Bobby. <laughs> oh, man. Ooh, that's hot. Um, yeah, um, no, I think I, still, I actually still have to watch The Last Dance. So if anybody out there in, the, in listening really? to this pod has the WWE Network password and they want to share it with your boy, you know, whatever. Cool. WWE Network? Yeah. That's, I, I, that's the only place you can watch it, I thought. Right? I didn't know WWE had their own network. I thought you were gonna say like Netflix or Hulu. Which well, is that's w, WWE Network is their streaming service. That's where they stream all their shit. Like, like huh. they even do most of their pay per views. Like, if you pay the monthly prescription, isn't the last dance, the last dance is on Netflix though? Isn't that? Yes, it is. Definitely. Oh, is. oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me back. Let me go back a little bit. I thought you were talking about Cody hates some shit. <laughs> I thought you were talking about um the uh the last stand. I think which is um. Not not dance the last stand I think which is um the Undertaker documentary which has been oh I didn't know they had one yeah okay see now okay well I would assume that's gotta be a somewhere else too I mean even if you have like I don't know if it's an ESPN Plus or something too yeah it's um well the Undertaker's is um a network exclusive so WWE don't oh, okay. they don't really share their shit with other people. Um, mm. because of that, because that network is like it makes them so much money. Like that, all their for those of you who don't know, you like wrestling, like their pay per views and shit. If you pay the little, like I don't know what the monthly fee. I think it's like ten to twenty bucks. But if you pay that, you get all their pay per views and shit that they usually have to pay like sixty bucks a month for per event for. You get all that streamed for free live. They don't they don't share their shit. They're like, but sharing it, it doesn't matter. Right. What it doesn't matter what you want. Um. Um. Hold on. So that's 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 what I thought was um you were saying. So I thought that they had had so much success with the Undertaker, which 
they did with that documentary it definitely had um uh really good reviews and all the other shit and um so I thought that the person working on the Stone Cold one would be in relation to the one working uh the Undertaker. Well, as I had read the the people that made the last dance they're going to make the Stone Cold one. So I didn't mention anything about the Undertaker one cuz I said I didn't know that it had, was existed. Right. I it, it, yes, Cody. Yes, we understand. That's yeah. Uh, that was my whole five minutes of clearing that up. Sorry. There's three three <coughs> primary colors. Three, right. Orange. <laughs> orange. Orange. Turquoise. Aren't you glad I didn't say banana? All right. Uh, thanks to McCoy though. Speaking as he was speaking, speaking. Uh, he retweeted that Devante Adams is the first player in NFL history to have three ten catch, hundred fifty plus yard <laughs> games in the team's first eight games, and that is awesome and impressive. Um, as the Packers are having a really good season, even though some of their wins are close, I'm like, eh, they could have done better, but it's like, eh, win is a win. I don't know. We'll see if, because Aaron's doing, I don't know, mostly gooder. Right? Mostly right, gooder. Right? You know what's really uh, weird? So, Watching local news here, and then they do a sports segment, and they're like, your Texans are blah, blah, blah. And every time I'm like, who the <laughs> fuck are you talking to? <laughs> Wait, Matt? Because you were no, born no, in no, Houston. No, no, no. You, you just said. Pick, yeah, you got to pick one side, G. Right. Can't right. hate the weather and love the Packers. They right. come as a Packers deal. <laughs> yeah, like the cheese, the brats. They come as a Packer deal. <laughs> Is that the deal? It's the yeah, deal. Not the deal. Take it's the team not and the weather. Right, exactly. uh, frozen tundra? Exactly. So, yeah. Frozen. Not heated. Damn. Not even but like, we, well, we got J.J. Watt. He's from Wisconsin. Yeah, but you said you weren't. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I forget what this was in regards to, but Shaq said when you play team sports, you are also one of several siblings. You learn to listen. I'm always reminded of that. I don't know everything. There are others who know better than me, so it's important to pick the right partners and build trust. Why did I screen capture this? Because he's a lion sack right, of shit. Oh, okay. Yeah, I saw Dwight Howard today said, like, oh, I'm not going to say anything bad, even if it's, like, in private or, like, or publicly to about Shaq because he's got family and he's got fans and people that love him and stuff like that. I'm like, I feel like he's just saying that because he's, like, he hurt my feelings. I just want to show that I'm the bigger person, even though he's not. But right, I, right, right. Uh, my thing is, that's what celebrities tend to do. They, they pander. Um, mm-hmm. so, uh, Play the field, like... Steve Harvey does that. Shaq does that. Um, there's a few celebrities that they'll say one thing and then a week later they'll say something totally opposite. Not saying people can't grow, they can't change, but mm-hmm. it's awfully suspicious, dude. <laughs> awfully peculiar. Did you say peculiar? <laughs> peculiar. Oh, I like peculiar. I want to use that. Um, awfully spud web. You'd be wrong, Cody. Well, yeah, but I still want to say. Awfully... So here's a fun, interesting fact, too. Um, Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre, through their first 182 starts, uh, the Packers won won 119 Uh, games. That's cool. Aaron Rodgers matched Brett Favre, or what? Yeah, so both of them have the same stat as within their first 118 starts, um, won 119 games. That's no, I, I yeah. can't believe that because I feel like Brett Favre threw 
half of those interceptions, and that would make him lesser of a quarterback than. Well, Rogers. it says nothing to do about interceptions. Brett Favre has a lot more interceptions. That's obvious, but it's it says wins. Doesn't say interceptions. Oh. You can throw interceptions and still win. Because <laughs> all he do is win, win, win. Shut the fuck up, Tia. Okay. So the next. <laughs> Um, next meme, so I'm gonna keep talking so TS does not start talking again. I'm gonna look for more sports memes. There's Bender as Airbender, lol. Mike, how it was house key. Rogers threw left ball. Da, 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 da. Here we go. Aaron Rodgers on possibly becoming a football broadcaster. He said, Well, I've given. I've given a lot to this game. I've been playing since I was in eighth grade. I've been playing 16 years, and I just feel like when I'm done, I want to be done. Just because I love the game so much, I don't want to totally get out of it. But as far as the sports, or as the pro level, I don't see myself doing anything with it. Good for you, Rogers. Right, because it would be more mature than Brett Favre. Good you for you, son man. of a bitch. Didn't Brett Favre send his dick to a bitch one time? He yeah. did. Well, it, to, to, play to be fair, is his physical therapist. The Midwest, he, he, he probably had, like, he, he probably had a sore, you know, something or other. Okay, your NBA draft. With his dick. That's what he had to show her. With the, 20, with the 24th pick, the Bucks select RJ Hampton uh, for the New Zealand Breakers. The Houston Rockets don't matter because Houston sucks. Um, Michael Jordan selected, <laughs> not the Charlotte Hornets, Michael Jordan selected LaMelo Ball as the third overall pick. Fun fact um, Wait, LaMelo Ball and what's his older brother? Uh, Lonzo. Lonzo Ball? Yeah, not suck my. Um, they were the first brother duo thing, whatever. That were picked, or the in like the top ten or top three or something like that picks in the draft because Lanzo was the number one overall pick, and Melo is a uh, number three. Now it's three of them, right? Because one of them is going to the Timberwolves, right? That's three or four. Well, not, not yet. I don't think they're. On I think there's four of them though. No yeah, balls come here, dude. But I, <laughs> Unless you're Lance Armstrong. Uh, <laughs> um, no, that, <laughs> this is because um, he has one ball. Uh, <laughs> how do you? Okay. How do you? How do you? Um, he had testicular cancer. I didn't know he got a ball. You know he got a ball removed. I didn't know he. Could you? Yeah, not it was like on the news, like where I get my information for sports too. It was a while so they ago. first accused him of doping, but then he was like, no, I just got one ball for being streamlined. And then it was later found out that he was doping, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was doing both. And he's, he was then doing he tried both, to argue that that ball. should be his handicap instead. He was doing both having one ball. <laughs> I mean, you know, you get one of your balls removed, you probably would like drugs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that explains so much. It does. And I can't even, Dude, like, the that. logic behind that. Good job. Good job. He deserved that dope, like, fucking. <laughs> you and the ball got that dope. Dog, the way Russell, the way he said it, the way he said it, though, like, if you, if you have one ball, you probably like drugs. <laughs> Dog, it was so, uh, okay. Anywho. Deep um, breaths. So I, <laughs> That's if you have one ball. <laughs> From the diaphragm. If you had one ball, you would probably like drugs. Hey, 
Okay. All right. This might be a stretch, but um, yeah, he must have got busted in his ball or something like that. Speaking of, but something something Buster Rhymes album. <laughs> I don't even know if I feel. Pre- I think we should get the Buster Steps in. Right. Yeah, something something. Fill in the blank. It makes sense. Uh, Transitioning. Can't I move on. Don't that think that people want to <laughs> jump? Right. Uh, <laughs> Samson Herms. Um, but before we move on from sports, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, I knew this was gonna happen. I prefaced this. Not again. <laughs> <laughs> Intuition. <laughs> <laughs> this is the sports or the music intro segment. I oh. have a transition, and you go fuck all that. Let me see my thing. <laughs> no, I, no I, I only wanted to talk about um the Bucks. Uh, well, there were some some big trades that happened. Oh, um, yeah, I forgot. Oh, wait, yeah, I, I looked at my gallery. I didn't look at my uh, notification bar. Yeah, yeah. There were some big, big, big trades that happened um, in the NBA. I know one for us being that we are, you know, Milwaukeeans, except for TS. Um, <laughs> we traded away. Um, we traded. What was it? Um, who was it, rather? I said, what was it? My bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> George. And, George Hill. Uh, Eric Bledsoe. Yeah, George Hill and Eric Bledsoe, and um, three first round draft picks, and then two possible first round um, options for uh, Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday. Now, you know, I'm, 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 I'm up, up on sports and things of that nature, but I don't know enough about Drew, Holliday, Drew Holiday to say that that was a good trade. But I am just really <clears throat> little, little, little worried about that. And here's why. Is that because the Eric Bledsoe perk? No, no, he he probably had to go at this point. Um, it's yay! You have logic and science again. It's, <laughs> it's <laughs> um, it is because we gave them technically five first round options. Do you? That's a lot. That's a lot, and we might need those, you know, in the next few years. <laughs> You know, the, the moment you become a shitty team. Well, the thing is, I feel like, you know, how some people are, like, when you suck really, your team sucks really bad, you got to rebuild your team. So then they, like, get rid of a lot of people and get new people and try to work on that. But I feel like maybe the thought is that because we're getting so close recently these years, it's like, okay, what are we? We're missing, like, one or two, like, small things, like, so... Maybe it's getting rid of those people that weren't contributing as much as we could help to win, like, to the championship or something like that. Okay. Um, okay. I feel it. That's my thought. Right. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Right. I think, I know, and I know we're thinking about, like, the right now because we have the fucking MV, two-time MVP. Like, we are, we are of the, the right now, we are in, the, you know, like, the top five teams, I feel like, you know, damn near top three of the right now. Um but you know, giving away five first round draft picks, five is a okay. It's a lot. When do we get first round draft picks? Is that something that we can? When so it's up? every it's so, every year. Um, I mean, there's an NBA lottery, and it also goes like worst team kind of to um, gets like the first pick, and then best team gets let. But then with that too, like every year when you trade draft picks, it kind of gets mumbled and jumbled too. So. If you like trade draft picks and stuff like that, you could like. There's times where one team has had like three or four picks in the in one round. Damn. Yeah. See, I just that just worries me because I'm like, you know, when we need those in the you know within the next decade, we might. You never know. 
Because as soon as that's a problem for future books, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, books are doing really, really good. Right. So right. You're Kurt. from Houston, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's like, what is a buck? Is it a reindeer? Like, um, I, I don't. Um, so yeah, that, that was my only, my only thing. And I know we were supposed to be doing a trade with, um, for one of the guys in uh, from Sacramento, but that fell through or some shit. So like, we were gonna trade somebody and we waved the person. So wouldn't that fuck up the trust? Like dumb to me. Like if we were gonna. Well, no, he got. I think that was Wes Matthews, but he got, he just um went to be like a free agent type of thing, and then, or it was just like up in the air, and then he signed a deal with the Lakers. I think that was that one. Um, I'm going through my notifications now. So there was that. Um, Pat Connaughton agrees to two year, eight point three million dollar deal to stay with the Bucks for. Um, uh, Robin Lopez, um, left the Bucks. Went to the Wizards, declining a $5 million player option. Mm. Um, let's see what else there was. I heard oh, that John Wall wants out of uh, the Wizards, too. Yeah, I saw that, too. That'd be interesting, because he's been there from the start. And I feel like he's not going to, you know, go anywhere with the Wizards. Whoa, How? you guys hear that? Silence? No. Um, did you hear? New Berlin Police Department. Department has the third and final suspect into custody. There's no further safety concern for the community. Uh-huh. Uh, Dude, I was. Yeah. Wait, what's going on? Yesterday, Major shooting. Major Mall. Yo, the, okay, that so they got the they got the guy in the third suspect. In, I didn't know they had anybody. I thought that they were just at large still. Right. That's what I heard. Or last read. They didn't have anybody, and now they have three. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, it was crazy because like there was SWATs, like uh, there was armored trucks, there was helicopters, which I don't know if the helicopters were like news or like National Guard or something. But then like all these, like it was crazy. I didn't. <sighs> Just a side side note to that too, National Guard. How the fuck did they get there so quick? Cars. Right. Well, helicopters. I don't know where, like, in that area where they're net. Well, I thought that, closest, I thought uh, that we bases. had to. I thought we had to call in the National Guard for certain shit. I don't know. I'm just making assumptions. I mean, because I mean that it seemed. I saw armored trucks, so I'm like, that's no. Crazy. Somebody, somebody else said that the National Guard, like, uh, somebody else had. Oh, said really? It. So I'm sure it was them. But my question: This is on some conspiracy shit. So, like, usually when the, the National Guard is called in for something, they have to be called in for something. Um. So now I'm just wondering, like, are they just everywhere now since everything that happened over the summer type of thing? Like, are they just nearby every city, like, police now? I'm assuming that they're, they were nearby Wisconsin or at least Milwaukee because of all the recent events. I mean, it was just, what, a month ago that the, um, that officer in Tosa had got his ruling that he was um, not guilty or whatever for killing yeah. the outside of Mayfair Mall. And the National Guard was here for that. Earlier this summer, the National Guard was called out by um, the governor in order to protect the city and stuff. So I think the National Guard has just been around Milwaukee, period. I don't know if they're in every city. Maybe they're stationed close to the bigger cities, but definitely by the cities that have uh, had unrest. Okay. And that's what I was going to say. Like, I don't know where all their bases are. I mean, you know, the only base... National Guard base I know of is actually in West Bend, but I don't know where like other ones that are close to like Toaster and stuff, you know. 
Yeah, West Bend is just right around the way too, so it's right, right. <laughs> it's not like they have to travel too far. Right. So, is there Pat Connaughton teams yeah, we're working? Talking about, um, so Favre sucks. No, and... here we go. I was going to say Bucks <laughs> request waivers on Irsan Ilyasova. He played sixty-three games last season and averaged six point six points per game and four point eight rebounds per game. And the Bucks do not suck. And it was the Kings Bucks deal was um, league wants to determine if failed trade that would send Bogdan Bogdanovich to the Bucks violated rules. So I don't know what it's all about, but that was the player I think that we were thinking of or talking about. Mm. Um. Because we were gonna get, or we like got him, and then he went to I think the Kings. That's it, or somewhere else. Clay Thompson uh, suffered a season-ending Achilles tear. I'm like, they're they're not even Playing. season's done with. What are you doing, dude? Right, that's what I'm saying. That when I heard that, I'm like, that's that's you're just living life stupid. <laughs> like sit on the couch, well train, but <laughs> living life stupid. Conor McGregor signs an agreement to fight Dustin in a main UFC event um, January 23rd, which I thought Conor McGregor like, was retired, so I guess that's coming out of retirement. I don't know. Um, Favre still doesn't suck. Um, let's see. Bogdanovich will not join Bucks. Can you... Breaking news. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Mets Robinson Cano suspended entire 2021 season after testing positive for performance-enhancing sensu beans. <laughs> Uh, Robin Lopez, Oklahoma City Thunder finalizing deal to send Chris Paul to the Phoenix Suns. Uh, David Bakhtiari, this is Packers. Um, he signs a four-year extension with the Packers worth up to $105.5 million, including a $30 million signing bonus. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Speaking hmm. of five doesn't suck, uh, music. Right. Well... <laughs> Biggie, 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 Buster Rhymes. Um, sorry, I'm just pulling on my This phone. album didn't suck, just like Brett Favre. <laughs> <laughs> Transitioning, so, I'm so good at this. <laughs> so, <clears throat> okay, so after a decade-long hiatus due to label bouncing and album pushbacks, one of all of our absolute favorite legendary MCs, Buster Rhymes, finally returned to the game with Extinction Level Event 2, okay? A sequel to his 1998 release. This album has long been in the making, but does the Dungeon Dragon himself still have what the skills to rock the mic the way he once did? Um, all right, let's get it started. Um, so we're just going to do, you, you know. right out your intros to this stuff. I'm, <laughs> I think that's dope. I'm proud of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so production He didn't do it in all capital letters either. <laughs> Production wise, uh, Czar. Um, this song sounds powerful. Okay, I like this. I like this beat off top, and the song sounds powerful. And you can hear it from the beginning with the strong string stabs, like that shit. That dun 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 dun. It like sounds like some fucking Jaws music, like that. Busta Rhymes obviously coming out the gate, new. You know, he had to. You know, what I'm saying get niggas riled up, and he's gonna give you some of that type of music with this album. Um. So this one is featuring uh, MOP, um, but I love I love Mop Deep. Damn, what the fuck does MOP stand for? It, it doesn't even hear none of that. Um, so not a broom. 
Did you say what does what stand for? MOP. MOP. Op. No. Uh, the rap group. Money over pussy. <laughs> He's typing it in. Um. But yeah. Wait, the, wait, wait, wait. School word, school word survey says. <laughs> what? I said. I thought you were looking what? up, so I was gonna say school word. Oh no! Uh, I wasn't. Survey says. <laughs> I wasn't. I'm sorry. School word survey. <laughs> He's like, I'm just checking my email. Fuck you. <laughs> But nah, um, so um, like, it's something with posse. Was it like mash out posse? Yes, there you mad go. Mash, posse or mash like out, that? mash out posse. Yep, yep, yep. Thank yeah, you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, sure, no problem. Messiah over Palpatine. <laughs> looking at, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I do so much to contribute in my school projects. Um, so yeah, Messiah stri- over Palpatine. That's funny. <laughs> Young Skywalker. <laughs> um. The the simple drum pattern on the song is super undeniable though because the way the the strong string saps mix so well with the way that they put the drum pattern together that it the it's super simple it's perfect and it's stripped down so it lines well with that bass line so that boom 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 like it come like all of that comes together to just sound like an epic like movie scene it's like it's real it's real it's really push it sounds like a good like a action scene or something like uh. You know, you were running from this bad guy or something, or trying to like you know escape because he's like you know this guy's trying to destroy the city or whatever. It sounds, you know, epic, and I like and I like that because it, it always goes well with you know Buster's like style and his voice and shit. So one of my favorite pieces of production there, and it kind of really it's earlier on in the album, so it helps to you know set the tone. Um, oh no, <clears throat> one thing's for for sure, and two things for certain is that <laughs> is that. I love a good hip hop beat with a warp sound as the lead. Okay, this beat takes that and moves it forward with the snare and the strings so so well because the reverb it has like like if you listen to uh, the snare, it has some reverb and a slight echo on it. For those of you who have produced or made records, you know you can add that to like a, a kicker in, in or a you know a, a one of the percussions and it'll just adds a little like a little pop to it um because it drags it out and it's that works so well in this beat so i love that um like the one that had like they had that touch of reverb and delay to make it sound more natural too not like it's just a um like an electronic instrument on a keyboard or something like that right and and with the but with the echo and the reverb added it like play it repeatedly plays a little bit and it kind of like gives you this like really off kilter bounce that's kind of like um it's like it's like on beat but off beat at the same time and it just makes for a really 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 good uh really good clash of sound like sometimes when and Russ I'm sure you can speak to this right like when shit mm-hmm. sometimes shit can clash and be a little bit off beat but still fall in place and I think that is what that echo on that um on that um snare does for me on that song then you add this like deep knock you know from the 808 and it's super sinister like the bassline is funky but still like kind of like creepy and this is one of my favorite sounds on this album, period. Uh, I just think it, oh no, came together so well. Um, then, You. This beat is unique. It's uh, Actually, it was the lead single off of this album, and it's featuring uh, Anderson Pac, um, who's another, mm-hmm. you know, one of those uh, dope artists. Also signed to Aftermath, which is a Buster Rounds former label, which he dropped the Big Bang um, on, but hey. Um, anywho. You this beat is like unique because it carries minimal notes. There's like there's not a lot going on here, 
It's, and it's about a total of six notes, six different notes that take the lead. Then all they do is add a little bit, a little simple kick. It's not even like an 808. It's not even like super deep. But they add a kick and a clap that layers really well with the space bounce. Word to the kingpins. Uh, the space bounce <laughs> sound. It has like this like really... Um, they had a producer in Kingpins. I don't know what's, what his fucking name was, but he used to like make shit. And it, this reminds me. I thought you were talking about UNTS. Uh, right. Yes, Cody. Yes, I am. Um, <laughs> damn it, man. Keep up. No, uh, you're fired. Chain Avengers. <laughs> um, no, so it like, it reminded me of that, that type of sound. I mean, maybe we were ahead of our time. I don't know. It reminded me of that, though. Like, a lot of it was like, um, it felt it felt like something that like a Neptune or a Timbo might have tucked away and then pulled out thinking that Buster couldn't like like could he couldn't flip it but then he did, um, which has happened before with him and uh, Tim, which happened before with him and uh, Pharrell. So um, I didn't look up who produced this one, but it's I, this is definitely uh, one of my favorite beats on this album, and that's uh, saying a lot because there's some really good production on this album. I don't think there's but any. What's one of your favorite beats? Uh, you. Um, oh, okay. Uh, I am, and I think there's this is, you know, me having to pick kind of my favorite because there are some really really dope, uh, beats on here. Um, I like I like a lot of this shit. I like the shit he got with uh the joint he got with Q Tip, uh, Don't Go, which is more like it has a more like a you know simplistic hip hop, kind of like a more of a lounge style to it. Um, I like the joint with Look Over Your Shoulder with Kendrick where. You know, they kind of flipped the, the Michael Jackson sample. It's a lot of sh- the satanic at the end. That that song, that beat is hard. Like, uh, the intro beat um, where he features Rakim and shit. Like, that, all of that shit is, he has some really dope production on here. So, um, and Bust has been known to use, like, a different, like, a lot of different um, producers, you know, from Pete Rock to uh, Jay Dilla. So, they're all on this album, as usual, you know, um, with Bust doing his thing. Best song. Again, we're coming back to oh no. That I think this might be my most like my favorite song um on this album. Um this it's hard. I love the flow, like the flow pattern that he chooses to have on this song. And I'm also a big like a big fan of the hook here. So there's like an energy that I love that we you all it's uh, Buster's super animated. Like the way he gives you his shit is always like next level top notch. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I fuck with how he you know how he bounces on the beats and shit. Um, so with this one, um, I like that his stra- he keeps it. He keeps the wordplay straightforward. You know, which is kind of like Bus- what Bus is known for. He's gonna give you a lot, but a lot of it is straightforward. It's not super duper metaphorical or anything like that. But he says, "Bitch, what's the problem? Fuck you talking about my nigga. I got him. Um, how- fuck you talking about my nigga. I got him. Watch out." Watch how I whack him and I sock him out of space with it like I, like I Mr. Spock him and cop a planet and fuck it up like Saddam. But the way he's giving it to you, delivering it, is like this super like da 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 It's like the it's like perfect for Bus because that's how he that has been a staple for him is how he ride the beat is that kind of like pinpoint you know um, pinpoint the holes in the in you know in the beat and kind of drop in perfectly. You know what I'm saying? So watch how I cop a planet. So watch how I, or I cop a planet and fuck it up like Saddam. Batmobile whipping, pull up in the got, pull up to the Gotham. Like it, like the way he's dropping this shit is perfect. Got to chill, bitches. You know, you know I beg your pardon, bitch. What's the problem? How'd you fuck it up, my nigga? I got him. 
Y'all niggas know what we do is so fucking off. Like, y'all niggas know that what we do is awesome. You better off leaving and purchase the coffin. You think the, you thank me in the morning. You know, I'm keep like the way he's, it's da 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 And it's, so that delivery from Bust is so perfect and on point. And it's very like authentic Buster Rhymes. You know, it's like he hasn't lost a step as he's giving you these bars as he's delivering this, these these records to you. So that's what I like about this song. And with the, you know, match it up with the beat. It's just one of my favorites because the way he's flowing is super super calculated so where i belong okay so this is the one with a mariah carey on here and Ugh. now here's the thing <laughs> anytime anytime Buster Rhymes and mariah get together they create something that's like super super good so like you know you all you all know baby you, you give it to me i give it to you i know what you want you know i got it baby you know you already know how great that is is as a song um I think, I don't think this is the best piece of rap on the album by far, but I think it is one of the best records on the album, if that makes any sense. Um, I think it might be the best song on the album in terms of structure, hook, design, and delivery. Um, so then at the end, when like him and Mariah are like semi-singing and rapping on top of each other, and I didn't even try to write the lyrics down because it's just a lot of like rapid shit going on there. But I like how, how they did it, and he, his voice and Mariah's voice always kind of, like, meld Compliment. perfectly. Right, exactly. They definitely complement each other. They they meld and blend well together. Um, just like on the previous, you know, the previous song from, you know, that album, I think they did it again here. And I just think the way the record is crafted is dope. I think that it makes for, like, one of the better the more like thought out records, you know what I mean? Like, you know, um, with, in terms of structure. So that's why I put that on this list of, uh, best songs. Um, so then you have look over your shoulder in terms of like rap. It was super nice to see the veteran, with the young guy. Like, we know at this point, Kendrick and the Drakes and the J. Coles, those are kind of like the legends of the game currently at this point. You know, it was nice to see a veteran. It's, okay, I'm going to give you an example. Um, Shaft just dropped, or, or there was a new Shaft movie that came out. It was actually kind of bad. I'm not going to front. It came out a mm -hmm. little bit ago, uh, within the last year. And I watched it, you know, um, during the quarantine time, I think. And you have Richard Roundtree, who's, we, they end up, I'm sorry, I'm gonna, spoiler alert, they end up telling us that that's like Shaft's actual dad, not his uncle. He was just capping and then slipping in there on some comedy shit. And then you have you know, Samuel Jackson, Samuel Jackson who was supposed to be like John Shaft, the nephew of Richard Roundtree from the Shaft from the 70s, from his movie. And then you have a new Shaft. Or John Shaft's son, and you get three. Don't pause. You get it. You get three generations of Shaft. Pause. Yes. Super. Super <laughs> pause. Super pause. Super pause. That's super pause. The weirdest gangbang. Super pause. Um. No, but. What? Come knock on my door. That is one of my favorite songs. It's a family affair. It's a family affair. Yeah. Um. Anywho, this uh, <laughs> anywho, uh, this is 
focus, yes. Anywho, this is. <laughs> um, so I like I just like the, the that contrast where you get um somebody who's been doing it for a while. You know, you get the grandpa, which is like Buster Rhymes here, and then you get like Kendrick, who's the current day legend, who's like you know current day Shaft, and then there's. You know, because you know there's people that are looking up to Kendrick now that are coming up that they're going to be the next, you know, type of Kendrick. You know what I mean? And it was dope to to see Kendrick and Buster Rhymes go back and forth. It reminded me of that in a, in a sense. And so Kendrick comes through um, with, like, and speaks of his dedication to rap with bars like, my life is my life is like 12 open mics of hopeless notes I write. For sure the folks are united as soon as the flow gets, as soon as the flow get nice. The poltergeist, the schism sees my prototype in every... In every my share and the proto the my prototype of every my share of deeds and RIPs, you know my type of style is my everything. Apparently my appetites they famish, bite no hand that feed the culture vulture die and bleed. My focus my focus holds these thoughts and dreams. Control the pen, look over your shoulder. The boldest lines of rhyme things. Devote my time and, and mind. It seems like as he's flowing, it's like it's there's there's a constant bounce and a constant flow and like the whole. The whole shit is really talking about like how he takes pride in coming next in line, you know, in terms of like lineage of good rappers. You know what I'm saying? Like this whole shit is as he just goes through all the bars, the pros and cons, the diamond rings, I'm full of time. But I'ma bring the soul divine, the cross between what's yours and mine, the golden green, the ropes that show just what I mean. Then grabs your core right by the wing and fly before the vocal scream. Like he's saying, like really, his whole lineage is. The same shit that, you know, we get from Buster or Tupac's or all of that shit, you know, he's proud to be carrying that on. And that's why I like this song because you get that and then you you have him giving one of his best verses of recent years. And then you have Buster who comes in who's not to be overlooked and he gets to spazzing with the super rapid foe because I'm, I'm the god of the heart of the mother of the father. I spit the saliva that's leaking like lava, like um, completing the saga while meeting and greeting and beating you niggas, completing conquer. Extremely, <laughs> extremely, extremely barking, you niggas. You see in the deeply carver, the nigga to believe me. Graffiti, your armor, you hebe, you jeebe. <laughs> bikini, you bikini, your bikini, your broad up, you guinea pig. You see me now. Give me the start up and treat me great, and treat me. You greet me and meet me with arms up. So sweet that I spark up. I have a seat. Well, I will have a seat. It was deep when I'm sleeping on the gods up. Like you have these super rapid uh, or super, you know, um, bouncy flows. With speed that you can tell, Kendrick Buster do, Buster does it his way, and Kendrick does it his way. But it's all in the same lineage of like good rap, and that's why I like this because they both flowing and the song makes sense and it kind of sticks with that with that theme of you know no matter how old I'm gonna get or how old I can be, you know if this rap shit is in me, it's in me. And I think Bust does that this whole album. Um, and also honorable mention that Zar song. I really like. Put this on the best song list just because it's an amazing delivery for us on on this record. It's not like the lyrics are like overly amazing, but just the way that he's you know giving it to us with that calculated bounce once again. And, uh, 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 uh. He's right in the, right in the pocket on that song too. So uh, once again, Buster Rhymes like delivery is everything on this album. Man. It's not always what you say, but how you say it. And that animation Bust always gives us is on point. Before I get this, my overall though, man. Um, you guys, what did y'all think? I know, you know, everybody kind of had a moment to take a listen to it. Um, Great to us. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to kind of hear, like, do a quick roundtable, hear what y'all thought about it, because I don't, 
I know I'm a huge Buster fan. I know Russ is, but I don't know how familiar you are TS with him or how familiar you are with him, Cody, outside of you know the, the you know hits and singles and shit. So I know Bust through, like he said, the hits and singles and shit, but I also vibed a lot with the Big Bang Theory when it dropped. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I may have listened to Genesis a couple times, but I don't really remember it too well. Yeah. Uh, this album, unfortunately, I only got through the first nine tracks. Is it so because you didn't half, like it? Oh, no, it's just because I just didn't get a chance to okay. really check it out like that, you know? Right. Um, Two weeks, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> a few weeks. Fuck you. <laughs> it came out on the Friday. It came out on the Friday, TS. Damn it. No. <laughs> but um yeah, I only listened up to the first nine tracks. I'm surprised that you didn't mention Out of My Mind. That track, like when you talk about Busta being in the pocket and just writing a beat perfectly and just landing it they made that. I feel I don't even know if Busta wrote to the beat. Or he wrote and they made a beat to Busta Rhyming because (laughs) it matches up so fucking well that they were... I I don't know. That that track is cold as fuck to me. And then um, getting up to Don't Go. I knew you were going to mention Don't Go because Don't Go is just a a nice, smooth, like you said, lounge-type track. Uh, Right now, those two tracks are my favorite off of the album. Um, I look forward to listening to the last half of the album. Um, I think it's dope that he has K-Dot on this album. Yeah. It just shows the the weight that Kendrick can throw around that yeah. he gets to be on Legends album and stuff. Right, yeah, for sure. Um, I, I look forward to hearing more K-Dot in the future. I look forward to listening to more J. Cole in the future. I'm um, surprised that... Where you We're supposed to have, have an album, album from him this year. But what I've noticed is where you might have one featured on the album, you don't have the other one featured on the album. <laughs> like, it's like you can only afford either a J. Cole or a K-Dot, <laughs> but you're not going to be able to afford both of them on the same uh, album. So good luck. Yeah, but sure. uh, overall, I think from what I've heard so far, the album is pretty good. It has a dark undertone to it, which I'm guessing is supposed to because it's it's about the end of the world and yeah. things like that. And the dark undertone makes it kind of creepy for me to listen to. Like the first track is called Purge and mm. you get that scary feeling while listening to, to Purge. And I mean, he talks about uh, God, he name drops God a lot <laughs> in the right. first half. Name drops. Yeah. Name drops. <laughs> and like, I know this dude. Jesus Henry. <laughs> It, um, it makes you feel like, all right, so he, he could be a believer and all, but it's just such a dark and scary undertone. It's like, I don't, are, are you actually a believer? Are, I don't know how to feel about this, Buster. Like, <laughs> hey, I'm the world, but Buster's shit. a believer. <laughs> and, that's, and I mean, I think the album keeps in theme with all of, if you go through Buster's, like, Buster's, like, history. Catalog? His, his yeah his his uh, catalog, all of his albums deal with kind of like the end or the beginning of new society. Like he has a um, whole album called like Anarchy. Like all his all his albums are like metaphors for like the coming of Christ and the ending of the world and then like the rebirth of Christ. Like Genesis. So the, the extinction re-begin- level the, two is the second coming. I get it. 
Like if you and if you listen to, if you listen to the album, it's kind of like um, the first one. The first one was you know he, was, he said he made it because it was supposed to be like close to the end of the world, and so this one is kind of like the tone and like you know the skits they have and shit. It's kind of like we've been living in the in the in the you know the la- the you know the end times. The end times. Like we've been living through you know. In in my mind, it was kind of playing out like you know how they say when the when you know the rapture happens or whatever and then shit goes fucking crazy down here you know like i yeah. feel like the album takes place and while shit is going crazy down here like it, in in terms of theme so yeah it's definitely it's definitely a lot to you know digest honestly truly but i feel it um it captures the the theme and the feeling of that very very well in the first half of the album that's all i can comment on I look forward to listening to the the last half of the album cody what do you think um, well, I'm, I'm more familiar with like Buster Rhymes, like features or moving on tops, you know, hits, but uh, never really listened to his albums and I went to like explore and stuff, but um, yeah, I liked it a lot. And then the more I listened to him, like this, like you guys were touching on too, um, he definitely had a message that he was trying to portray. And I feel like honestly, if it were, if this were to come out like around March of this year. February, March, April, yeah. like it makes sense with like air hits to to like uh, all this like George Floyd stuff. But I mean, this kind of continued throughout the whole year. It just seems, yeah. but it, it it if that's like why he wanted to make this album, it makes sense too and stuff. It's just kind of like we're sick of this shit and we're we're not gonna sit down for it. Right. I. I, I don't know, man. The the theme is so dark, but it, I guess for me, with everything that's been going on this year too, like um, it just kind of it fits. Uh, it makes sense that it would come off in this tone. So, Russ, what what about you, man? He's gone right now, but I also noticed because I listened like the first half, and then it is a long album. Um, but then I today or this morning I listened to the last tracks. I saw I was like, ooh, Eminem's on there, and with his different like flows and stuff like that or levels, it reminded me of. Um, Marshall Mathers LP2 Eminem, like his flow and um, what, what am I trying to think of? The opposite of monotone, you know? <laughs> well, <laughs> but yeah. Duolotone? No. Duolo- Stereotone. Analog looking at. Um, man, I, you, said, you said Russ is gone right now? He's, he's gone right now. He said he'll be back. He's not, if you're looking at the video, he's not in his chair. Right. Oh, got it. Russell said he's gone right now. Russell said he's gone right now. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mad that that had to be the part, Russell. <laughs> oh, I don't understand man. that. Well, that. Oh. <laughs> it's a Buster song. Buster. Was it on this album? No, I was on no. Genesis. Okay. From 20 years ago. <laughs> or 19, I'm sorry. Yeah, could you? Right. So um, I can't trust you with dates. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's well. I don't like that he's gone because I wanted his uh his opinion on this. Um, well, he said he'll be right back. Okay. Well, I guess I'm gonna go ahead and finish it. Cause you can kind of edit this up. I'm gonna go ahead and finish it, and then um, when he comes back, I'm gonna ask him for his opinion. Um. So overall, this is how I feel about this album. Overall. It is a really just good body of work. I think um, 
Buster really did what he needed to do, what needed to be done with this album. He kept it in tune with the uh, an apocalyptic uh, theme and layered it in a way that is not only kept the storytelling um, he started on the earlier albums, but offered, you know, room for various sounds to help paint that picture. So production-wise, we get an eye bounce in many forms, just like we did with the first ELE and the early Buster Rhymes album. You know, and then they all that all serves its purpose from you know from the skits and everything that's going on here to tell the story. He does not sound like that old guy trying to keep up with the young kids here. He sounds like a legend making music for people his age and his core fan base, but it just happens to be amazing music. So for me, it put me in the mind of things like a Bono or Sting, you know, or something, but in rap form. Like a like we know that their time was legendary when they were there. They were one of the top guys. But, you know, in terms of them being a top guy now, it's that's done, but they are a legend who can still reach back and touch the youth. Hell, Bono has a song with Kendrick. Speaking of, you too. Um, but while Buster is good at being Buster, this album is far from perfect. Um, it's funny that you mentioned Out of My Mind, T.S., because I absolutely fucking hate that song. I am disgusted. Oh and, damn! And I, I'm disgusted by it, and I skip it every time. I hate it. I'm I, logging out right now. I hate it, bro. I don't even know why you like. I hate it, bro. Like I don't know what bro, the fuck. Bro, this is so fucking cold. Like the whole boom bap that he got going on in that, he killed that shit. That shit sounds. I don't know, bro. I mean, it ain't sound right for me. I'm just like, what the fuck? This is. What is this? Like, it, I mean, you know. He, that's what that is. Art. Art. Abstract art on what? Um, that's like one of the little dots and shit in the middle of the... Um, Japan flag? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. Japan flag. We should call this episode Japan flag. Um, <laughs> also, <laughs> the super filler track of the Don and the Boss. Like, I was like, what is this shit, bro? Like, this shit is not, you know... And I Is know, it the weird seductive one? Um... It's the one where it's like a Jamaican, like it has like a Jamaican vibe because oh. Buster is, Buster is, um, he is, uh, Jamaican. So he always kind of like had like Jamaican undertones and different records where he kind of like did the reggae thing or kind of that vibe. Um, but this, that was just, it was, this album can't be perfect when you got songs like that on there. Um, I find, that's crazy to TS that you like really like out of my mind because I really skipped that every time. I skipped it. I've never even heard the song all the way through because I, every time I go through this album, I skip it because it's, Damn. it's like, I, I don't know for my, for my listening taste. I'm like, what the fuck? It's, mm-mm. um, I think there are pieces that there are pieces that, uh, drag this album out because of that. You know, this album maybe could be a solid 15 if you took out a few, one or two, you know, or five of the filler, you know what I'm saying? Like other filler tracks. Um, but there, but honestly speaking, true to Buster Rhymes, I don't know if he has any. He has great, amazing albums. I don't know if Buster Rhymes has any one classic album. Genesis is my favorite Buster Rhymes album. Anarchy has some dope shit on there. When disaster strikes, it's mine. You said what? Which one? The first extension level event. Yeah, that was my classic Buster Rhymes album. Yeah. First one I bought for on like on cassette. And see, that's the thing. Like I think. I think um, he got Buster Rhymes has made amazing albums, but I think every album has a couple of filler joints. 
every album has a like at least two tracks where you could be like, we didn't need this. Like what is it? I think it's off uh, ELE, um, the bus of us, rocking to the beat. Like it's it's cool, but like unnecessary. Didn't... Yeah, like it's like that's bus bus rhymes does that like all the time. Genesis is probably the most concise album that he like for me. Genesis is the one where I'm like, okay, I could really. I know there's some shit on here that somebody don't like, but I can really listen to all of these, um, all of these joints. Um, even on even on uh, Big Bang, like um, there's it's shit on there where it's okay, but like um, I mean yeah, um, there are filler tracks that are just unnecessary. It's almost like track one until twelve of Benny the Butcher's album. <laughs> here we go, man. Um, <laughs> so before I can. <laughs> Before I uh, finish up, Russ, since you're back, I really, 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 really wanted to um, know your thoughts um, on this album. Like, what did you think about it? Uh, All right. Um, (laughs) Oh, boy. So, I probably listened to this album, like, maybe four times. Damn. Um, Right, yeah. That's about the same. Honestly, um, I skipped most of that um, second coming stuff. Uh, not only because I, I know most of the stuff, because I've, I've you know I read the Bible, and I studied, and all the other stuff. Um, and like you said, it's kind of a part of who he is, because um, Buster Rhymes is very religious and very spiritual um, in his day to day life. Um, you can see it in what he does and how he how he talks to people and how he acts and everything yeah. like that. So I kind of know that that part of him. Um, and every album has some type of end of the world, um, the apocalypse, the after apocalypse um, yeah. theme to it. When disaster strikes, dangerous, like you said, Genesis, anarchy, um, essential love of the first one. Um, he always has that that spiritual undertone for everything he does and and, and whatnot. Um, I thought it was a little heavy-handed in the beginning, yeah. Um, only because I know what the point he's trying to drive home. Um, so I skipped that because it's like, yeah, I, I, I get it, man. I, you know, I hear it every day on Sunday. And, um, uh, so right. I, I know this. That's yeah, enough. Um, <laughs> but you know, and, and for me, who is, who is uh, heavily Christian, it's like, yeah, man, I'm like, this is what is coming as far as my belief system go. Um, but this album really took me back to when I bought the first decision level event and how I felt on that one. Um, it really made me think of um, old Buster Rhymes, if, if, if I could say that. Um, yeah. Listening to this album, I had to listen to it that many times to like, really appreciate it. Um, not saying that it's a hard listen to or anything like that. It was just so many things that I picked up every time I listened to, to through it. And I found myself, after listening to it, I was like, yo, I, I love this album. But it also made me go back to the first one because there was so much nostalgia it brought back. And I had to like relive that. Um, nice. listening to the, the first one. Um, just a lot of little tags and things that he does in this album that was like, oh, that's from this, or that's from, you know, or that he dropped because of such and such. And it was just such a dope, um, a dope sequel to the first one. Right. Um, usually, usually sequels aren't great in terms of like movies and, and CDs, but I think he did a really good job. Um, as you stated, there's a couple songs up here that, you know, oh, okay, you know, I see what you did, but 
you know, will I come back to it? Maybe, you know, there's a mood for every song. Right. Um, even the song you mentioned as far as like the Buster Rhymes, I go back to that and it makes me laugh because it's just Buster Rhymes being Buster Rhymes. Yep. Um, yep. If you know from the 90s, the, the videos with the weird mirror yeah, type of fish, uh, fish vibe. Shit, yeah. yeah. Um, all, it's it's just, ooh, <laughs> right. <laughs> That's more uh, um, Harlem World though. Um, but uh, yeah. oh. bad boy. Right, um, right. but uh, yeah, it just it just reminded me of of Buster. Like this album was just busted to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And it yeah. really reminded me of that. And like I had to go back and like you know listen to the old classes, just give it to me raw. Party going over here. Like, well, I don't know. You know, it just reminded yeah, me of yeah. all those those different songs. And I'm like, yeah, this is this is this is busted through and through. So yeah, I love the album, man. Yeah, man. I, what do you think about uh, the track Out of My Mind? Oh man. Um, <laughs> you're a dirty man. I actually, I actually love that track, though. What the fuck is going on? Let's go, puss. Let's go, puss. Yeah, I mean, I I love so many. Like, I'm gonna have to go back and re-listen to it because, um, I just thought it was so, it was just so dope. Like, <laughs> it's it's just bust around. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, for sure. That's <laughs> what I expect out of bust around. This is why I, I kind of wanted to do this album because I knew Russ. Um, me and him kind of share the same like um, love for Busta as, as an MC and as an artist, um, and so I was very excited to hear your uh, your take on it. I hate out of my mind though. I fucking skip that song every time. I don't know, man. I'm gonna have to maybe go back listen because you and TS love it, and I know our ears kind of work a little bit. They work in similar manner, so I maybe I don't know. I don't know what I'm missing. I don't know. Maybe there's like a I gotta turn up the the, the, the mids or something, and there's gonna be something that peeks out at me, but. I don't know, man. Um, either way, I think um, that Buster Rhymes really does prove no matter how much time passes, he can always give you some more. So, that being said, I'm gonna I give this album a solid eight. A solid eight. I think it's um, and this is one of my most concise eights because I don't think it's lyrically and production wise, it's definitely up there. But there are some hiccups for me as a listener. Um, and like you said, uh, Russ, it can get a little heavy-handed with the thing. Like, it's really pushy on it, which I like that he stuck with the theme. I like that we, you know, kept it going, but it's really heavy-handed. And so, you know, it kind of, it's not a perfect album, but it's definitely a very solid body of work, a very solid hip-hop mm -hmm. album. And I think that uh, it, it's it definitely is Buster Rhymes. Not trying to keep up with the young kids. Buster Rhymes doing when you. I don't know if you heard heard my explanation or if you were gone when I had said this, but I just really think this album is um, it's not the old guy trying to keep up with the young kids here, but he sounds like a legend making music for people his age and his core like core <laughs> fan base. But it just happens to be amazing. So I I put him in the same category as like Bono or Sting. But for rap, mm. you know, they or had the time. They... Or Wayne or any of these, any of the legends that are outright, even 2 chains for that matter. I feel like there's a handful of rappers that have been out for a long time, but still make great music. Yes, 2 chains. yes. Two Without chains having to dumb it down or change it up drastically, and then they just fall off. No, he's one of them cats that he's been gone for years upon years, but then came back and guess what? He's still busted. He right. ain't sold out. He's but I mean, like, 
Same you talking about just albums and big offers? Because like he's been on plenty of features and, and things like yeah, the joint he did with um um Q Tips and, and whatnot. Yeah, oh yeah, he was on yeah. No, yeah. we talking about we talking about his you know his albums like his shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. De- Bust definitely been been around. You know, he's definitely been doing his thing. He uh, look at me now was 2011. So I mean, and that like really made the world suck his dick again. So I, like I. <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh, which, okay. which really is so yeah. weird because I want to thank you. <laughs> that that uh yeah that yeah, that I look at me now is so bad. Like that's like the worst Buster Rhyme. Like he didn't say shit in that song, man. Buster Rhyme, and this is I'm, I listen to this album. I got more mad at that verse than I usually get because I get mad at that verse. I'm like, y'all think this is the best Buster Rhymes can rap? He just rapped fast, but he said some stupid shit. Every time I gotta come, I gotta set it, and I gotta do it, and I gotta get it. Like, what? Bro, we're shut- that was horrible. We're not gonna get it. We're, we're- and then off, gonna- McCoy. Deer off. You see, you see- <laughs> I don't. Uh, I don't know. That's hey, man. What well, it is, it, what it is, though. But hey, Bus, I'm giving this album an eight, and I fuck with it, and I just I'm glad to see that he was still able to, you know, pull it off. Yeah. Now it's time for. Reciprocity. Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so, uh, first, you know, it's been a long time since we've been back here conversing with each other. So, I uh, just want to say I'm glad everyone seems to be doing well. Um, that's first and foremost. Um, yeah, yeah. Secondly, what did you say? Say, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Amen yeah, to that. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't move out the ghetto. Um, <laughs> moving on up. Right, um, so, uh, secondly, <laughs> as always, uh, I want to do a shout out here. Send a shout out to um, uh, Mindy's Accessories. It's a black owned business here in uh, uh, Milwaukee, excuse me. Um, and they sell all manner of, yep, you guessed it, accessories. <laughs> they sell hats, Not belts, chicken, what? masks. Berets, right. Uh, jewelry, er, er, uh, things of that nature. Um, it's mostly geared towards women, but there are some choice men's items as well um, that are really nice. So give them a look over. Um, they're on Facebook. They're on IG. Um, and they have their own website. It's Mindy's, M-E-N-D-Y-S dot store, uh, Envy, and that's S-T-O-R-E-V-N-Y dot com. Um, really dope people. Um, they're really um, great in customer service. And they really try to um, find something that matches your style, or if not, they'll um, send you to who can. And I think that's that's dope as a business aesthetic. All right. Um, now like uh, this is what you said. We'd also like to give a shout out to Seagram's Gin because I drink it and they pay me for it. And then randomly for no reason, Sally <laughs> does not compute. Do you want it on the run? Do you, do you want it in the kitchen? Do you want it in your like, no, he said that you want to nigga pussy, do you want to nigga ass? I can get anything in her. Like, <laughs> do you want it over here? Do you want it over there? Do you want it over there? Literally one time said salad. Like, I was like, what? What? That had nothing to do with nothing, yo. 
Because I ain't drunk enough to do that. Look at that. Alright, so this is the follow-up, as I promised, for the eight skills every man should have or work towards, in my opinion. Um, there are a few bonus items that I think are as important as well to the previous ones mentioned, but quickly listing them that we went over the last time. Uh, physical strength, assertive communication, self-defense, emotional resiliency, uh, financial acumen, effective networking, physical presence, and continuous or continual education. Um, with those in mind, uh, let's get into these next ones. Um, the first one being um, survival skills. Um, now, I'm not expecting cats to be out here like Bear Grylls and MacGyver or anything. <laughs> Drink your pee. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, knowing Wolf what pelt. facts are poisonous and, <laughs> and whatnot. And being first. able to construct this, a shelter out of paper clips. Um, but <laughs> I think it is well... Yeah, MacGyver was on some other shit, though. <laughs> 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 I think it is well worth it to have a few fundamental skills and some fundamental knowledge when it comes to surviving. Um, knowing how to make fire out of most any materials, you know, usually you'll find like leaves, sticks, stones, uh, something pee. that can generate a spark. You can't make fire Wait. with PG. Actually, you can. <laughs> I watched a Bear Grylls episode a couple days ago and they used it to in a bag and used the sun to go through and like... Kind of like a spine glass. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. So they use with Dave a Batista. reflective service. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the reflective. No, not ref, hmm, refraction. Refra- there we refraction. go. Refraction. And it was urine, yeah. not my end. Okay. But you could easily use water, is what I'm Which saying. Which they you had water. And I'm like, and they even pee. diluted the pee with water. I'm like, why? You had water this whole time? Man. <laughs> you had water? Yeah, Wait. like I said, it's not as expecting cats to be bears grill. <laughs> they used- <laughs> To create kind of a magnifying glass to start yeah. a fire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. All right. Whatever, I feel it. Like Toy Story. I don't. I don't. Exactly. I don't. What did you say? I'm best at that. <laughs> but basically, having that fundamental knowledge when all technology fails or is not available to keep yourself warm, um, how to find north and other directions from like sun position and moss and things of that nature. You know, it keeps you warm in a pool. <laughs> she. Didn't <laughs> be in the pool in the first place. You was a nasty motherfucker, you filthy it's bitch. It's science. You are Kelly Irons. Right, not Kelly Irons. Having the knowledge to boil unfamiliar water to make sure it's safe to drink. Um <laughs> What the fuck? Okay, bro. Listen, bro. He Listen, man. Nah, 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 nah. What what you got going on, man? Cause you, you Coffee. Little, you're a little too happy about this piss, bro. Stop. I don't know. I don't know if it's really coffee. Right, exactly. <laughs> For now it is, but soon it'll be pee. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, that'll, it'll turn, I'll turn it into pee because, like, digestion. Not like I'm going to be drinking. Okay. Go on, Russell. Being a man and stuff. I hope Siri's okay, man. I hope hope she is safe, because you are... Oh, boy. Keep it down down there. (laughs) Do you want some more piss in the face? Siri, after this, something is is missed. Right. (laughs) Not the pee, apparently. What else can (laughs) miss? Oh, God. Okay. (laughs) Miss. Being a man, Russell, please. Having the mental fortitude to, if necessary, kill for food or to injure and maim threats for protection. 
Now, I'm not going to advise people who don't fancy me to all of a sudden become carnivorous, nor am I uh, once again um, vouching for violence. Um, but there are skills and skill sets that require that type of um, violence, for lack of a better word, in order to maintain survival in case of emergencies. Um, so having that type of uh, fortitude to be able to do that for yourself and for those around you, um, if you find yourself in that type of situation, I think is a necessary skill. Um, there are also some other skill sets um, that are viable for survival um, when being in unfamiliar territory or in the wilderness that can save your life or the lives of others. Um, hopefully, and this is, you know, fingers crossed and all that knocking on wood and stuff, that we don't find ourselves in those situations. But in this current time where things are um, unpredictable and we really don't know what the next thing is going to be, what the next moment is going to bring, um, it moves us, as the old cast say, um, to really take those things into account and be able to handle ourselves um, and protect ourselves and be able to protect others um, just as a, a basic skill set to have. Word, word. All right. All right, so the next one being, if nobody has any questions or anything to add, <laughs> um, self-control and self-awareness. Um, a dope quote I found about this is... I think um, everyone in this group, except for you, struggles with that. <laughs> I mean, but, you know, um, there's a difference between, like, just outbursts of being funny uh, than actually having some type of control over our actions and things that we do. Um, I think all of us are in this group uh, fairly stable and sober-minded for the most part. Did you say um, sober-minded? Sober-minded. Not actually sober, but sober-minded. Ah, got it. Um, sober in the mind. Got it. Yes. <laughs> to where we can Keep make <laughs> logical, scientific decisions um, <laughs> for the better, I guess, for the betters of us. Um, but a dope quote I found about it is, uh, a harmless man is not necessarily a good man. But a good man is a very dangerous man who has that under voluntary control. And that's by Jordan Peterson. Um, I thought that was in interesting because um, I learned about, I want to say, maybe eight years ago um, that a gentleman is not necessarily a gentleman. Um, a gentleman is someone who ascribes to a certain list of, of morals and standards that they abide by, but who can handle himself if the situation calls for it. Um, it's a man who is up to the challenge of the situation and up to the, um, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, is able to act upon the opportunity presented. Um, a lot of us think that, or I won't say a lot of us, I'll say there are people who think that a gentleman is just supposed to be a nice, servile man or person. Um, and that's not necessarily the case. Um, there's a need to establish those boundaries to make sure that you're not walked upon, but while also being um, a person of etiquette, and a person of manners, and a person of honor. Right. Yeah, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can be a gentleman, but also protect your family and protect your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just because you're a gentleman doesn't mean you're a pansy. It doesn't mean right. you're a gentle man. Looking at right, um, right. I'm a businessman, not a businessman. 
Handle my business. Damn. Let me handle my gentle man. No, wait. That's (laughs) (laughs) There was a quote by Nas. (laughs) No, I wasn't. No, I heard it here first. (laughs) Editing. (laughs) Sucks. Um, immediately, the first thing that came to mind when I saw this was um, the movie Kingsman. I don't know if you guys seen uh, oh, any of those, but yeah, um, those are the um, with the the like the it's kind of like a James Bond Junior, right? British James Bond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Did you say British James Bond? Yeah, isn't James Bond British? <laughs> yeah, that would. Be- <laughs> okay. Whoa! I'm like, whoa! Russell had a Cody moment. What's going on here? <laughs> The it's American really, Captain America. No. It is really, it is really <laughs> extinction level events going on. We are in the last days for sure now. <laughs> yeah, that was the point of the joke. The British James Bond. <laughs> nope, nope, Russell. The, the, for extinction level event too. The, bu- <laughs> the bus is now a cab. I see what's going on here. It's Everything's going downhill. <laughs> it's a trolley. Right. Um, <laughs> but I also thought about the connection to... All right, Sean Connery. <laughs> he actually did that. Um, <laughs> That's not funny. We ripped him. We ripped him. I said he actually did die like that. That's not funny with the way he came off real quick. Like, yeah, hey, hey, folks, dead, by the way. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And he's British. <laughs> Jimmy Bondy. Scottish, which is funny to me. Bar, James Bond. Hey, you're not British. I'm sorry, but I'm only Spaniard. Your mother, Trebek. That's funny. But I also thought about this connection to self-defense, where many practices focus on the inner person as well as the outer person. Um, self-awareness is a huge tenet in most martial arts as the art is a killing device that is sought after for defending oneself and others. Um, this also ties into being emotionally resilient uh, or stable. Um, as previously stated, it's perfectly normal and human to have emotions regardless of sex or gender. Let's be clear about that. It is a, not a woman's trait to be emotional. It is a woman's prerogative due to social norms and conditioning but we as men, uh, especially black men, Native American men, Cody, um, <laughs> need to allow ourselves to feel and be okay with those feelings. Um, one of the best things that ever happened to people, I feel like, is therapy, which I highly endorse um, because I believe speaking to someone who has hopefully an unbiased perspective is important. Um, we as men should work to cultivate those safe spaces with those we consider friends, and encourage them to do the same, but if we're unable to do so, or so we're uncomfortable to be able to do that, we should also seek someone in a professional setting um, who can allow us that safe space to really um, decompress um, so that we're not overwhelmed with the, the stress of this world. Um, it, it's, it's, it's crazy that there's a lot of people who are walking around with full-on P- uh, PTSD um, trying to live normal lives, um, wondering why they're falling apart at the seams because we don't allow ourselves to really, like I said, decompress. We're trying to compartmentalize everything um, and sort it into different sectors in our brain without dealing with it, um, myself included. 
Um, there are some things that you just cut off and be like, I'll deal with that later, or you don't deal with it and later it deals with you. That's kind of how our body and minds work. That's <laughs> being a man. Is it though? <laughs> <laughs> I think we started this thing about episode four and Tia still doesn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> I Except mean, help. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, uh, it's what society's is conditioned and is training us to be like these walls that we're supposed to take all this punishment and feel nothing. Um, but those are inanimate is. objects. Those, they don't have souls, they don't have brains, they don't have hearts. Um, they don't change from day to day. Uh, people do. And it should be the honorable thing to ensure that your word is something that you won't break, bend, or go against. But it's also um, just as honorable to be able to express those feelings that you have and not bottle them up because the explosive not only hurts you, but those around you that you're supposed to be quote-unquote protecting. My word is Bond. James Bond. Full circle. Cycle. He's dead. Uh, well, there's more. <laughs> All right. So, um, with that, I'm also very particular and intentional about the words I use because, as I've said it before, they hold power with me. I also hold people accountable for their own words as well to get them in that habit of only speaking truth to me while I reciprocate that same sentiment. Um, Self-awareness also encompasses those inner hurts and traumas that we've experienced growing up, and we really have to learn how to not bury those um, and find those special, uh, me, those, those safe spaces to where we can release that and continue to grow and to continue to be human. Right. Yeah, those um, <laughs> yeah, everything that you're saying makes sense, and I, I agree with. I don't think there's too much more to add on to that. We do what we can to survive based on the events that we've gone through as mm-hmm. kids, or things that we've seen our parents and things go through. Actually, mm-hmm. I was just talking to um, my wife the other day, last week maybe. I don't know. Well, yes, you're married. Talk to her all the time. <laughs> yeah, go figure. But we had a conversation about um, just trust and everything like this. And by the end of the conversation, I feel like I don't trust many people at all. And uh, the way we came across that was okay, that... Uh, same, 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 same. I'm sorry. <laughs> for the most part, when it comes to social interactions, friends and things like that, I'll uh, I'll go above and beyond, at least in my mind, I'll go above and beyond. I'll do the most and I'll try to do as much as possible so that way others don't have to do much of anything. If I ask for help, it's probably going to be a small thing for most people to do. I don't ask for people to do big things for me. And I guess that's because I don't trust that they will come through all the way. So I'll do a majority of the work and just can you do the the little bit? And that's. Yeah. That's just about it. Because I, I don't build a house. Can you hand me the hammer and one nail? Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can you make me a grilled cheese when I get hungry during this break? <laughs> right. Uh, it's something super menial. But um, yeah, it's interesting. And I think for me at least, that comes from just uh, 
watching my dad and how he operated and even my mom, they were super independent people. They went about their lives, not really asking for help from anybody. The only time they'd ever ask is if they were throwing a get together and they'd say, Hey, can you bring by some chips? Okay, cool. But they would have had everything else, decorations, all the food, all the drinks and ice and stuff. Yeah. Can you bring by some chips? Perfect. Thanks. That's all I needed to complete the party. That's how they, Man, they uh, just didn't have chips. What are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, was, that was the big thing. Too much into this. <laughs> but I, I find it, I find it interesting that in none of what I said was I saying that you should be asking for help. <laughs> I just like how it went to that, to that direction. Um, all I said was find somebody you can talk to. Um, they don't yeah. even have to give you nothing back. Just find somebody you can have a safe space with. But that's listen. still help in a way, even if they're not, you're not looking for advice or they don't say advice, just getting some of someone to talk to or to vent, you know, gets off your chest. That's still help right. in a way. But it's not asking for help. And that's what I'm saying. You, you're, you're equating two things that, that aren't the same thing. Um, but if I'm asking, to, can I vent to you or talk to you? That's you helping me. That's still in a way I feel like saying. What I said was you should, we should be cultivating those safe spaces. Um, right. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're just like, listen, um, I need to vent or something like that. You just have that relationship to where you just start talking. Um, and it's a more natural process to, to someone uh, if it's just a conversation. Um, so I think it's two sides of the same coin, but sorry. Let me, or, <laughs> let me, let me uh, give, give, you, give you an example. Um, so say me, you, or Cody, are just, just talking. Um, we're not talking about anything particular, um, but I veer off into a random subject. Um, the safe space that we have already cultivated, mm-hmm. you would just sit there and be like, you know, I hear you, I'm listening, da, 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 and I just go on about whatever it is, and then we veer back into a random conversation. It's kind of like what we do now, um, to where we've cultivated this this space already, so it's not necessarily an asking for help thing. It's just this is how our conversation is because we're so free with each other, and there's so- like T.S. said, there's a trust there. So is yeah. instead of it's still help I'm getting it, but is it? Are you? I guess in other words, you're not asking for help, but you're still expecting because you're receiving that help and you're getting that help, but you're not asking. I, but, but you're not expecting anything. You're just. It's just something that it's just who you are. You're just expressing things, and I think the the disconnect there oh, is. Oh, it's like it's, being at home. If once you're at home, you can be yourself and. That's, right. that's what just what you expect to happen. You're at home. There you might be when food you go there. Home, you don't, you don't go home and be like, is it okay if I be myself here in my home? You know what I mean? Right. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's all about it's all about the words. words. Like I said, it, it's, I'm very intentional with my words because they can have so many different meanings. And I'm not saying that, you know, we can't ask for help. All I said was that it's funny that that's where you went to. Um, not saying that they're not the same thing, um, but at the same time, they are different. Uh, you, you know what I mean? It's, I'm not trying to go back into the circles and cycles thing because I don't no, want to. No. I don't want to, you know, bring up Dear that God, trauma. No. <laughs> Please no. But there's, there's always a way and around. Uh, it's always perspectives and perceptions. There's so many different ways I could like put this to where it's like, but isn't that the same thing? Yes and I no, and that's how, you know. <laughs> I think it's okay for us to both be right, <laughs> but all right. Yes. 
is. <laughs> you know what's funny? Sorry. Reciprocity. No. I've been sitting here, and I know, and I know, and I apologize, but I've been sitting here thinking about ever since you said TS. I only ask people for small things. I've been sitting here thinking about how that time. Right before you left, you asked me to bring you chicken nuggets to the goddamn, uh, to the goddamn, to the goddamn cigar bar, and I forgot. <laughs> what job, dog? And I've been sitting here thinking about, reflecting on that since we got to that point in this conversation. Honestly, like, damn, I'm shit. <laughs> I didn't bring the four nuggets. He only wanted you four. You drove a thousand miles to help me move. You're okay, dude. You're no, okay. I was gonna say, no, because the nuggets. But I helped man. you move. But I didn't ask you to move. I asked you for chicken nuggets. Right. You just happened to help me move. I didn't ask for that. Five hundred miles, but I won't lose you. No, nuggets, nuggets. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. All right. That's where so, I was stuck at. <laughs> once again, <laughs> um, the establishment of boundaries, the proper boundaries, and being able to be in control of ourselves and having that self-awareness. Um, next one, spiritual growth. Um, now the pod, y'all, and, and the people who, who faithfully listen know my faith. You know what my beliefs are. Um, and in regards to that, I believe everyone should have a strong spiritual lifestyle. Uh, now, of course, you know, it would be cool if everyone was Christian because this, it is what I believe, but I'm not the type of person to badger or push my beliefs on anyone. I'd rather just show you the pathway I've chosen, unless you decide for yourself. I think that it should be a free will choice of what you want to subscribe to. Um, I do also believe that everyone should have an inclination to a divine or higher power or purpose. Um, I think having something to believe in that is bigger than you keeps you humble, but also aids in shaping the morality of your life. gives you a higher standard that you can live by. Um, whether that be um, any of the organized religions, um, those who place their faith in the law of reciprocity, <laughs> and yes, <laughs> cycles. Um, <laughs> those who are bound by law or the universe or energy or spirits or light or whatever it is that draws the divine out of you and aids in holding yourself and others to a higher, more standard, uh, more noble standard, I believe that is for the better. Agreed. Um, I also think that, you know, routine slash religion, um, because that is just the practice, um, instills discipline. Um, following a set of tenets you believe in helps to shape your character and helps guide you along a life path. With spiritual growth comes loss, or excuse me, comes the cycle, or, okay, I'm trying not to use the word cycle, but it becomes the, um, I guess, the continued education thing. So um, when you grow spiritually, there are things that you find out that are like, oh, maybe I wasn't right about this, or maybe this isn't correct, and it either pushes you to, uh, delve deeper and learn more and search more or um, it causes you to question things it causes you to um, seek out others who share your same belief to kind of figure out where they stand and why you should believe what you believe or it may pull you away from that particular faith and pull you into something else learning, relearning trial and error uh, success moving forward, moving backwards sideways, diagonally 
um, continuing to move, to grow, to learn, to evolve, to change, to be, I think is just a process of life, period. Agreed. <laughs> All right. <laughs> So, That's when we're getting uh, quiet again, like, no arguments, okay? Yeah, no, no, no I get it. <laughs> Fuck growth! No, looking at it. <laughs> I, I just want to, you know, allow the opportunity for y'all to say something, you know what I'm saying? If y'all have anything on your mind or if this brings up any any thoughts or questions or whatever, you know, just shout them, shout them shits out, yo. Um <laughs> But that's that's my take on on spiritual growth, uh, as far as uh, a skill or or tenant or a standard that um, a man should have. Um, I believe that, like I said, spirituality in all its forms, um, it, it helps you in that that growth process, in that evolution process, to be who you feel like you should be. All right. And then the last one I want to talk about is leadership. Uh, along with that higher sense of self, um, being aware and in control, and adhering to a higher calling or purpose comes the propensity for leading or the, the aptitude for leading. Um, in my current job, I found that the aspect of leading is different from what people usually think a leader is or what it does, what they do, I should say. Someone's snapping. Beckle and pop. Oh, sorry, sorry. I have a pen and I was kind of like clicking in as I was listening. You have a microphone right next. Okay. No, but, but my my pen in my hand is <laughs> my pen in my hand is actually like damn near behind me, away from the microphone. <laughs> but it, okay, I don't feel it. Uh, uh, you can hear it though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so many feel like just being a leader is how someone simply delegates duties or um, charges in first. Um, Duty. <laughs> and, if, and it's funny because like in, in the job situation or in a job scenario, if it always feels as if those who don't know the job are the ones who are constantly being promoted or hired leadership oh. positions. Right. <laughs> Many who do the grunt work, you know, feel like they can do the job better because they have experience with the grunt, the grunt work. They don't necessarily have any experience in the leading. Um, and, it, and it's funny that um, I had to really think about that. Um, it's fun. It's something that my, my dad said one time. He goes, um, you know, um, he was dealing with a supervisor and he was like, you know, this, this, and this. We should be going this way and da, da 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 because the job says this, this, and this. And the leader would tell him to do something totally different. And he was like, it was at that moment I realized, you know, you're right. You're the boss. This is your direction. This is your vision. I'm just supposed to be listening to what you're saying and directing um, because they were not tasked to do the job of the grunts or the workers underneath them. They were tasked with the direction. And anything that happens as far as the direction is the responsibility and is it holds the, the leader accountable for what the actions they take. Um, it has always been interesting when I've gone from the regular everyday shift to the leadership position, even when I was in a GameStop or at Target, 
that how the realm of which I, I saw things was different because I had other responsibilities to look at, other numbers and things in, in the back of my head that I had to know and that I had to be aware of um, to where it would show me how to direct the people that were um, working under, under me. Um, and I think that's something we don't really look at a lot of times when we look at those who are above us um, because they have certain quotas and certain things they have to meet um, that are not privy to us, that we don't see, uh, so we don't know the direction. We can only follow blindly what is being told. Um, and I think once we understand that, that the breakdown of communication between the two parts will be a little bit, little bit better. Um, it is also funny that in those times when something does break down or something is um, mishandled or whatever, we immediately call for the person who was in charge of us, whether it's we don't want to deal with that situation or it's we're not paid enough to deal with that situation. You know, the same in my pay grade, the same in my job description, da, 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 those different things we say. Um, but we do look for that leader first to handle that, to, to handle the mitigation, um, to ensure a solution or an adjustment to handle um, the situation to prevent the most collateral damage. Yeah, well, communication is a two-way street. If you have mm -hmm. questions, you should ask them. If you're unsure about the direction of uh, a project, you should ask. And then on the other side, if you're a leader, communication is a two-way street. If you don't want your uh, the people that you're leading to be in the dark and to wonder what's going on, then you should tell them what's going on so that they're always with the latest of news. Of course, because you're the leader, you get to decide what they know and when they know it. But right. the more information that one provides the more clear it is to their teammates and the better they can move, the better they right. can operate. Right. But in that same scheme, because there's always somebody who's a leader above the leader, uh, you'll only be able to tell the people what you know. Um, right. And then that, I agree with you that the communication should be two-way street. Um, if, let's say, where I'm at and there's certain things that are confidential that can't be disclosed underneath a certain level, then yeah, you just will have to take what I give you. Um, but mm -hmm. in that same position, um, you still have to be mindful that these are people who are working under you. So you don't want them to be completely in the dark about certain things. So I agree with you um, that communication is very important um, no matter what position you're in. Um, it's just, it seems like certain circumstances prevent people from um, either being the best leader because we get caught up in the position or because we don't have enough information ourselves and we can only give what we have. You know what I mean? Right. Word, word. So this was the last of the, uh, um, the tennis there, the skills. Um, and like I said, it was just, in my opinion, some things that I think um, men should possess or should be working towards um, in order to better themselves. And I go through the full list once again. So physical strength, assertive, Communication, self-defense, emotional resiliency, financial acumen, effective networking, physical presence, um, continuous education, and then the excuse me, before we discuss today, survival skills, self-control, self-awareness, um, spiritual growth, and then leadership. I think there are there are no single skills that um, should be placed higher than the others. Um, I think they all are connected in a way to build a better person, period. Um, so if you take the time to just, you know, 
Um, I'll try to post these in the group. I forgot to post the other one, uh, but I'll try to post these in the group so that people can kind of look over these and do their own research and come to their own conclusion of what things they feel they need to implement in their life because we only get one of them and it's best to try to make the most of it, try to make the best of it, um, try to be as prepared as you can and um, don't be so bogged down that you can't express how you feel to someone you care about and vice versa. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And the importance of building people up, you can still be used afterwards. <laughs> oh, boy. oh boy, more zombie stuff? <laughs> in Russia, necrophilia. it is, honestly, kind of, oh, almost. Man. Oh boy. So, in Russia, I like any of those. She's only half dead. Huh? He said almost necrophilia. Is that like she's almost half? She's only half dead? So you're choking her? Never mind. <laughs> I was going to say that you in still can. Russia, there are human, there were human or are human remains, including skulls and several bones found mixed in with sand that was used to grit roads in Russia. Um, so you're still useful research- even when you're dead. Exactly. You have a purpose in life and death. (laughs) The whole grit that they were using for the roads and stuff was to prevent people from sliding uh, when it's snowing and stuff like that. So where we would use salt, they're using sand and bones and human remains. Yeah. In Wisconsin and Canada. Oh, oh, okay. That's that's cool. But um, apparently, I don't know when they found this out. But somebody found a random skull or a couple of random skulls on the side of the road, and they alerted the authorities, and the authorities were like, okay, that's fine. I know we're Russia, but we're not that Russian, and we shouldn't be doing that. So they're looking into where this stuff came from, and they think that it came from Civil War vets <laughs> near whatever graveyard or whatever. Aren't they so, always in the Civil War? <laughs> huh? Yeah, I, I feel like that, right? Civil War vets from last week. <laughs> right. <laughs> Because it's Russia, and on the same time, like, of- they called the cops, and the cops are like, "No, no, 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 that's that's normal. That's how it's supposed to be. Just mind your business." Going <laughs> <laughs> on the same topic of fun body facts and things like that, supposedly, an, the average human can supply up to uh, seven bars of soap and body fat. Oh, something like that. Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks to Fight Club. Yeah, I thought about that mm-hmm. since I watched it for the first time in life last year. You're welcome. Thanks. Appreciate you, bro. <laughs> I am so, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Fucked up story. His name to me. was Robert Paulson. <laughs> Man. And, yeah, that's episode 84 for Not Politically Correct. Stomy TS, aka C Nova. You know, I gotcha. You can find me on Twitter <laughs> at C Nova KPZ. It's your boy. boy. It's your boy, Real McCoy, a.k.a. Mr. What It Do, a.k.a. Young Splash God, a.k.a. No Cap Charlie, a.k.a. Uh, Smooth Job Johnny, a.k.a. Doped Up Danny, a.k.a. Hip Hop Harry, a.k.a. FBI Mike, a.k.a. Hallway Jones, because your bitch. Yeah, exactly. Um, you can find me at um, Real McCoy KPZ and uh, Real McCoy uh, Rebel, and that's Twitter and Snapchat, respect. Uh, respectfully, respectively. 
because your female dog might have audio circles. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Cody. Ingworm? <laughs> and your doctor might want to check that out. Uh, <laughs> hi, my name is Cody, and you can find me at Cedar Recording Every Banjo. <laughs> oh, he also likes peace. P pee and piss. I won't I like my brain. <laughs> pee and piss, not not just pee, but also piss. Yeah, because there's a difference there. No, because I, I put them together and I was like, P.S. Like, coffee. <laughs> it didn't really make sense. P.S. <laughs> P.S. Five and shit. All right. P.S. I love you. <laughs> P.S. Five. That's around noon. Good so. Hey, do us. Where's Q? Progenitor. Rust the bus. <laughs> and then you can find me, I guess, if you want to listen to the beginning. Oh, well. <laughs> I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll be there. <laughs> Just look over your shoulder, honey. Looking at us. And <laughs> <laughs> on that note, you know what it is. Gang.